Watch Radio representing East Coast in the land down under Florida. With alligators and frogs. And heat. Presenting you from East Coast, but in Florida. All right, praise God. We are here. Thank God for another week. The Lord has kept us alive. You know, we should be praising the Lord if he's kept us. Uh, King David did that, by the way. Probably some wisdom in it. Um, the Lord sustains us. Um. The Lord's mind's on a sparrow's life. How much more so yours? He loves us. He's our Father. And keep in mind, we've got to keep praising Him. So we're going to be touching on a little bit of that today, tonight, whatever morning, whatever it is for you. Let's try to get Brother Alien to fly on in. I haven't even spoke with him. I hope he knows we're on. That would be quite freaky if he doesn't. Are you sleeping? Hey, Richard. Ah. <laughs> All right. What's going on? Praise the Lord. Trying to discern if you have an equipment failure. Seems to be your MO lately. Well, uh, how, are, how are we doing today? I'm hoping okay, you know. Praise God. I am representing you from Florida, land of alligators, lizards, geikos, and uh, bats, 
frogs. What's up with these freaking frogs down here, man? They just, it rains. Uh, They're out all night. I'm out there trying to scoop them up. I throw them in my neighbor's yard. I don't care. Because it says (laughs) in the word they represent demons, right? So that's a problem. Praise the Lord. Get rid of them. Freaking demons, bro. I know. They're in, I got an umbrella out there, a big umbrella out there. They crawl up in there. I caught some of them yesterday. I scooped them up. I, I slingshotted them. Like, <laughs> I freaking flew them right out. Yeah, I don't care. And when I do, yeah. And I'll tell you something. At certain times of the year, my neighbor's pool back there, he don't take care of it. Well, guess what shows up? These bullfrogs. Okay? And they're big. And they, they they have a weird chirping noise, man. So it's not a okay. Yeah, if I put the light on in my pool, they go nuts. They come running over here, <laughs> dude. I'm not kidding. I had two of them jump in there. Giant freaking fifteen pound freaking frog. So That's I netted them. This is a true story. I'm out there on my underwear, running around. It's like three in the morning. I scoop them up. I run into my front yard with the giant frog, okay? And what he does is they play dead when you get him. And I know he's not dead, but he's laying there upside down like he's dead, okay? I got him, right? So I run out there, front yard, picture this, 3 in the morning, and i am got this thing in the basket, you know, the scooper, skimmer for the pool. Uh-huh. So I got over to Jim's neighbor, hoping he ain't listening to this, and I flung it right onto his grass over there. I had poof, like that. So it hit the ground like it was dead. It was laying there. But, you know, we have these giant owls flying around over here. Incidentally, I was praying for the wisdom of the Lord with you, actually, the other day, and I had two owls appear to me. I felt like the Lord was confirming wisdom being imparted. The Lord will often uh, confirm things with, with birds with me. Like when I started watching radio, I prayed years ago, and I had two white doves appear to me that day, and I was praying for wisdom, wisdom for the end time. Me and Maria were praying, and I believe the prayer group, and um, I had two owls uh, appear to me, like real close. I got pictures of them, by the way, Mm -hmm. and um, like real, I've never had an owl that close to me. So I felt like the Lord was showing me that, you know, we pray and he gives us a sign. Um, Praise the Lord. Hold on. Let me caffeine detect you. Yeah, you're low, bro. Um, you might have had a cup and a half, and that's not sufficient for you. Dude, Sorry. I had I, had, I put four teaspoons of this uh coffee mix Maca? into my coffee right. cup yeah what's going on is you you're becoming uh tolerant to it so you're gonna have to intravenously uh work this into your system it'll I'll be rough for the first that. week but you'll get through it okay i'll think about that yeah or you can wear a helmet and just put like a couple cups of coffee in the helmet and then have the straws feeding into your your mouth all you're the time just, you're just trying to you're just trying to get me to look like uh, Joe Biden in a bike helmet. That's what you're trying to do. Oh, that retard. Yeah. <laughs> and I said it. I said it on here because how much more ban can we get? How much more ban can I get? They ban me everywhere. 
They wiped out my YouTube channel. And you know what? I'm on some type of watch list. Because everywhere I post, I have some type of... Like if I post, and I've tested it on YouTube. I, I post a comment, and then I have someone go, look, it's not there. And, I, and then I, I contact the contact the content ugh, creator. And he says, no, I didn't shadow ban you. I said, okay, well, I'm shadow banned. And then I did it again. I post a comment, and guess what? Same thing. Nobody can see it. Then I post... On my Facebook, pictures of the owls, right? That Ooh. makes it into the YouTube feeds, right? Everybody sees it. Some people, okay. not everybody. It's still stifled. It's called uh, throttle banning, right? So then right. Um, I go and post the video of the owls. I took a video. And guess what? It's stifled. What? Not one person saw it. They, people contacted me and said, no, it never showed up on my news feed. I said, gee, that's wonder why I have no views. Zero. You know, I can see like people not liking like what I post, totalitarian stuff, or I get it, or stuff about retard Biden or the vegetable crew, him and Fetterman. You know, maybe you just want to skim past that. You know, a little abrasive. They but you know what? Take mockery. Two beautiful owls in a video, like eight feet from me. Gorgeous creatures, by the way. Who hunt these yeah. frogs. They hunt them. They come down. Dude, they come down. You got to see these things, man. How big they, are they? Well, They have a wingspan of like eight feet. That's huge. I'm wow. telling you, man. And they come down. If I put the uh, uh, skimmer pole like on the two chairs out there, they, cre- they make it then a perch. And they watch. You got to see their technique of watching. <laughs> yeah, they don't move their eyes in their eye sockets. They move their whole head to look. Dude, at they can move their whole head completely around. <laughs> I don't know about Linda Blair style, but okay, maybe. Yeah, Linda Blair style. I watched them. So <laughs> then, <on. laughs> dude, I watched their head go all the way around. I have the video of it. So maybe, uh, you won't see it because it's banned on Facebook. It didn't get out. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So I'm watching these owls, and Maria was out there. She's not going to believe it. The owl's right over waiting for the frogs. What what the owl does comes down, massive wingspan like you've never seen. And they're real quiet when they swoop, and they grab the frog, man, or a snake or something. They take it away. I mean, it's I'm, I'm like, great. Keep killing these bastards. Bring it on, man. I want more owls over here. Yeah, you so, go, there'd be plenty of food for these owls with all the frogs you're having, so I'm happy for them. That's, well, that's it's great. my neighbor. My neighbor in the back. His pool's green. They're in there. So he has a frog breeding ground? Is that what you just told me? Right, right. Oh but I have goodness. a way of getting that's... them. Don't worry. I have a plan. I have a slingshot, and I'm going to be slingshotting. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm not kidding. catapult would help you, too. No, I'm slingshotting. No, over. you're not listening. I'm slingshotting mothballs into his pool. Oh, right. man. Yep. They oh, hate that. They hate that. But doesn't that drive them from the pool into your backyard? Uh, not necessarily, because in my backyard, they have something called giant owls back here killing them. 
and they don't like it. Yeah, they don't like being killed. They're terrified of these owls, bro. I'll send you the video. Uh, Yeah. Okay. All right. So with that being said, um, I go on Twitter. Nobody sees me on Twitter. I got people contacting me saying, am I on Twitter? I say, say, you're following me on Twitter. They don't see any of my posts. Nothing. In fact, you don't even see any of my posts. Hey, Elon just said his engineers found more shadow banning code deep inside the algorithm. So they're finding stuff all the time that bans people. They just found more after months and months and months. Yeah, well, I'm on some type of, I, you know, what the libtards call, would consider a bigot list because I speak out okay. against uh, these Dr. freaks Lower. of nature. You know, in the old days, they just we burnt these people right on a stake or something. I mean, why doesn't everybody yeah. just start doing that again? Well, the world Wait. has softened up a bit. so. Well, I mean, you give them a chance to repent, which is great, and then you light them up. I don't see a problem with it. But, uh, I mean, you know, rid the land, you know, God said to do it, you know, and uh, you got yeah, these witches and suffer. warlocks and Satanists taking over. You want these freaks indoctrinating your children, teaching them how to chop their genitals off? Yeah, you know, 20 years ago, it was uh, they just want to be out of the closet. And now if you don't let them groom your kids with a drag queen story hour, you're a bigot. So, right. Yeah, that's, uh, right. We let them out wrong. of the closet. They, they they nibbled on out. I remember it. And then and they then, just wanted to marry. Yeah, like we and, just want to be out of the closet. And, and then it was we love, we cake. love. You I have s- to bake yeah. this cake or your business will be saddlebagged with uh, tons of lawsuits and you'll lose your business. And now it's you have to let them do drag queen story hour or you're a bigot. Yeah, well, age did a number on them, right? Yeah. But, uh,. Yeah. Well, here's the, yeah. yeah, here's the deal, bruh. Yeah, they were terrified back then. Um, Maybe the Lord's got to shake these people up, man. Because what they're doing to the children, God's not going to stand for this, guys. I know you think the end times are just going to continue being this abominable forever. And you're going to be like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the wickedness has excelled to the ultimate level ever. I mean, we're chopping children's penises off. Here's the thing. I heard a preacher many, 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 many moons ago do a whole message. I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, who, who was that preacher from uh, Oklahoma? Anyway. Uh, um, go ahead. Anyway, he, he did a message on... He did a message on the age of accountability with children, that children are assigned angels um, till they get to an age of accountability. And then these angels are assigned to a certain... You always have God's angels, especially when you're a believer. But children are assigned... This is the message he had, that... They are giving um, a special wa- angel watching them, and wow. that these angels report to God personally. Wow! Yeah, and they go up and report to Lord what's going on with the children. That's beautiful. And what they? Yeah. 
they report firsthand to God, and God knows the children. You see, I, I touched on before I patched you in. God has his eyes on the sparrow. Mm-hmm. How much more so these children? Okay, I agree with everything you said so far, but you also like you have better, to I'll mute you. Okay, I know, but uh, you have to also remember that seminaries, Christian seminaries, are turning out pastors that have crazy beliefs, like Paul didn't write this epistle; it was proto Paul, and they're not teaching them to cast out devils. They're not teaching them to heal the sick. They're not teaching them about holiness. Uh, I just had a, I just finished a debate with people who they basically take scriptures and turn them upside down based on the historical context of the era is what they say. But the problem with that kind of thinking is that C.S. Lewis encountered people like that who would who lived in the same country, spoke the same language and lived in the same time period. And they could did not know what C.S. Lewis was thinking when C.S. Lewis wrote those things. So how much less could somebody in the 21st century look at what Paul wrote and say, oh, this was going on back then and, uh, and, and, and guess what someone in a different language, in a different country, in a different era was thinking. So they take what Paul wrote and they flip it upside down based on historical context. And C.S. Lewis already proved that it's nonsense to think that way, but they still do it either because they're dumb or they're willingly ignorant and they don't care. I don't know which. Okay. You got me going down seminaries, the rabbit Christian hole. Seminaries. No, but Christian seminaries are turning out these nutbags that think this stuff, uh, that the Bible isn't inspired and we've got to flip it upside down. Okay, so you, you, you're trying to bring forth another nail in the coffin for the insanity that's going on, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, is, I get it. Yeah. Um, what I was touching on is the perversion of the children, that God will not stand for this. Think about how many angels are reporting firsthand to God right now. And God is weighing out the dispatch of certain seals and certain calamities are going to be poured out. Where masses will be wiped out and brought into hell. Hell will enlarge itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To accompany, to to take in, to take in the masses. I'm telling you, these angels that are assigned to the children, read it. Jesus spoke about it himself. He said, "Their angels report to the Father." It would be better you drowned yourself out at sea with a millstone on your neck. That's what he said. You think he was kidding? Let's ask Alan. Alan, you think he was kidding? No, Jesus was not kidding. He was, he, amen. So this preacher went on to say that the angels are assigned to the children. They're the special children watching angels that are monitoring the offenses. Monitoring them. I'm telling you, this, when you look at Ezekiel, God said to Israel, I would have to restore Sodom and Gomorrah to their former estate if I did not judge you. Yeah. So 
when there is a precedent for judgment in Scripture, it carries on. God just doesn't say, I'm going to change now. And uh, it's a free-for-all. I'm not going to break my silence suddenly, and there's not going to be any judgment in the land or correction or my wrath's not going to be poured out anymore. Hey, I've changed. Let's ask Alan. God does not change. Does God change, yeah, God Alan? does not change. No, um, he, it says in uh, Hebrews 13, 7, I think Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God says in the book of Isaiah, I do not change. So in both Testaments, God says, I don't change. And even says the shadow of his turning can't be seen, I think, in regard to his love for us. Uh, but he's still holy all the time. God punishes sin. He does. He forgives us when we confess, but the consequence is still there. Like if I run a red light and I say, I'm, and you know, the cops try to pull me over and I pretend that uh, I don't want to pay the consequences. I keep driving. They'll kill me. But uh, you know, if you pull right over and you say, uh, officer, yes, I ran that red light here. Yes. I'll sign what you say and I'll pay the fine. Then the state forgives you. You pay the consequences. You acknowledge what you did and you move on. God's the same way. God forgives us, though there's still consequences. So we have to confess our sins, and he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from wickedness, but then our conse- the consequences are still there. Amen. He's still holy. He hasn't changed. Amen. Okay, the only thing that we could say shifted would be the covenant, meaning yeah. that we, we've, been, we've been given more grace. God has extended more patience. And God has extended more mercy because of what Christ has done on the cross. Now, that covenant is much given to us. So, too much given, much accountable. Meaning, this covenant, sinning against this covenant, is much more grievous. Because the atonement power of Calvary and sinning against it is literally equated to crucifying Christ afresh. Oh, yeah. You want that on you? Ask yourself. That's what it says in the Word. I don't just make stuff up. I read the Bible, and it says that. Crucifying Christ afresh. You're sinning against a covenant of grace and patience and mercy but God loves us if we're struggling he understands and he's going to reach out but those that are preaching and perverting this and doing the osis grace overload love bomb message where you don't have to behold the kindness and severity of God they throw that out hyper mercy is leading many to stay on a path in sin. That's the problem. The kindness and the severity of God are not being ministered. And the word of God says to behold the kindness and severity. What does it mean to behold? To regard it. We should be regarding. And it backs up what Christ said when he said, fear him. Have reverence and understanding of him that after he's killed you has the power to what, Alan? Throw you into hell. That's right. That's right. It's not the devil throwing you in hell. The devil's going there too. He's going to the lake, the cooking pot. 
He's the deceiver. And his demons and the fallen ones have been enticed to follow a loser. It's quite sad. It's quite sad that the manipulation power of Lucifer, a third of God's angels. You see, when you're a good salesman, when you're a good manipulator, when you have the charm and the ministry of music behind you, and you understand the anointing of God, and you understand the worship of God, there's a lot of manipulation in that. And that's how many fall into deception in this hour. Because the devil manifests as an angel of light. It could look good, but if you're not weighing it out of the verse I just gave you in Peter, beholding the kindness and severity of God. If you're not weighing it out with the word and say, wait a minute, let's look at the entire context of the what we read in the epistles, and let's see, or the gospel, let's let's match it up to that. And am I getting a vibe? And Holy Spirit, would you please confirm this? You see, commuting with the Spirit of God is so important in this hour because, and that's what I want to touch on. Um. Okay, let me let me just read something real quick here. We're going to literally go to the Word of God. All right. Praise the Lord. Uh, Revelations 2.10. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. Now understand, God is not doing this. The devil has been given a leash it's already been pre-orchestrated. Pre, pre, pre this leash is, we were warned about it. And God told us about it. And we have to understand that this is the way our faith is going to be tested. You can say the devil's a tester of your faith. That's interesting. You're, you're, devil, you're a tester of my faith, aren't you? Let's, let's get into the word. Let me get the word out right now and chop this down. I'm going to use the word of God. I'm going to speak it like a weapon at you. Fire the word out at the enemy. Fire the word out. At the devil. Keep doing it. Now is there bounce back? Yes. Bounce back is there to discourage you. To make you think that you're not getting anywhere. I've had so many bounce backs. I I mean I could go over and over with them. It's unbelievable. I could give you so many testimonies in my life with bounce back. And I'm telling you I had bounce back. When I was suffering from headaches back in 2001, um, I had bounced back like a thousand times. Thousand. I mean, I would literally get healed. 
and I'd be at a service or something. Someone would pray for me. I would be like, wow, praise God, I'm healed. Next day, bounce back, attack me. And I'd be laid low. I'd be laying on the couch. And I'd fight my way out again. Sometimes it took weeks. Sometimes I got worse and went and got pills. Yeah, they gave me pills. Weird pills. Um, Amitriptyline. Psychotropics. Um, Zoloft. Then God gave me a warning dream where I was laying in a prison with Jesus. And I'm looking at him and look like Jesus. And I'm hunkered down on this cell. And uh, Jesus handed me pills. And they were the exact pills I just got from the doctor. And then I'm looking at him and I'm like, you're not Jesus. Who are you? It was the devil masquerading. I woke up. I'm like, I don't know if I could ever duplicate that again. That was like a Scooby-Doo thing I just did. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was one of a kind. That, 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 that was like I just got a Scooby snack. So <laughs> that I threw the pills out in the morning. God was showing me in the dream. This is why dreams are so important. I'm going to high pitch voice you. Because they can shut down the wrong path immediately. Unless you want to keep going around the mountain. In that case, I threw it out. I said, that dream's God warning me that this is a fake Jesus trying to give me these pills. It looked like Jesus, but it wasn't him. And I threw the pills out. The pills would have whacked me out more. So I had bounced back, bounce. You got, I did a whole message on this. I think Alan might have whipped me. I did a message on this, the spirit of the Amicalites. You have to fight against the Amicalite spirit. The Amicalite spirit is a bounce back spirit. Meaning, whatever victory you have, let's say you had a victory. Guess what? The enemy assigns these Amicalite spirits to immediately test you. To immediately try to snatch it. You know who the Amicalites were, right? The Amicalites literally were watching the children of Israel when they just crossed over the Red Sea. They were analyzing them. They knew they had no water. They knew they were in trouble. But when the water began to flow from the rock, the blessing of God, symbolic of Christ pouring out on them, the Amicalites mounted up a massive attack. Jealous, furious that the blessing was being poured out on God's people. Attack, attack, attack. We cannot have that. We do not want them encouraged. We don't want them blessed. We're going to snatch it. Oh, yeah, great war broke out. They had to make swords. 
I think they found there's actually uh, archaeology uh, of this special sword they made. I watched a show on it, but um, Joshua and Caleb had to hold up Moses' arms in this battle. I mean, this is a, a vicious attack, which was also symbolic of the cross. See, you had the power of the cross in the rock flowing with water. When Christ was lifted up, what what came from him, Alan? Uh, blood and water. Water was flowing. That's right. And when the uh, Amicalites attacked, and they and Moses didn't have his arms up, they were prevailing. But Joshua and Caleb, you see the importance of the uh, working together with prayer warriors. You have to have, we have a small group. I, I encourage you to join it in the Telegram link. We're on free conference call. Get your brethren to hold your arm up when you're under attack. Oh, yeah. Two are better than one. You see, you're one. But you're not really one because you have the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. The Holy Spirit's a person. The person God here on earth with you. But a threefold cord is not easily broken. You want to have the function of agreement in the power of prayer. The function of agreement and yay, yay, and amen. The Holy Spirit, your prayer warrior team, have great power because it says so in the word. Two are better than one. The threefold cord is not easily broken. Any two or more touching on a thing, it shall be done by your Father that is in heaven. Shall. Oh, yeah. When two or more are gathered in the name of Christ, there I am in the middle, says the Lord. That's what it says. Midst is middle. You want Jesus in the middle of your prayer warrior team? The formula is right there. It's right there. Jesus gave you the formula. You got to ask yourself, do you believe the Lord? If you do, then do it. Because faith without works is dead. We do communion a couple times a week. Why, why, why? Because Jesus said to do it. And we're thinking in our mind, this is the body and the blood of Christ, the power of the Passover lamb. We are willingly receiving it into our system. There is healing in the power of the lamb. There is healing in the power of the lamb's blood into our bodies. The Passover lamb in Exodus gave them strength for their journey. Many were feeble and sick and wobbling around and hurt from bricks falling on their feet and all other types of ailments in Goshen. But 
the death was rebuked by the blood of that animal lamb and the body of that lamb gave them the strength for their journey. And in Psalms 105, it says none feeble came out of Egypt. Oh, yeah. There was supernatural power in the covenant of the animal lamb of God. I, Me and Alan talk about this all the time. Alan, let's ask him. Is there lesser power in the lamb of God's body and blood than the animal lambs of God in, in Exodus? No, we are under a better covenant. So when we do communion and it's and we call it the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, under a better covenant, it has more power uh, because it's better promises. And so uh, absolutely we should, um, you know, people get all kinds of healings during communion when it's taken seriously. You told me that they do that. They act like that in South America. They, they, if it's accident, if accidentally the wine for the blood of Jesus spills on the ground, someone will get on the ground and suck it out of the carpet because they take it that seriously. Brazil. Thank you. Wonderful people. Those Brazilians. God, praise God. Hallelujah. Are we respecting God in that manner? Are we reverencing God in that manner? Are we showing God that we respect him that much? You know, when we do, that's showing the Lord we're serious. And when you do the word, you're showing the Lord that you are putting your faith into action. When you speak the word of God, by the way, at the enemy... That's putting faith into action because Jesus did it. When Jesus did it, he was in the, in the testing of the wilderness and he got the pouring out of the blessing of the baptism of fire. Guess what? The enemy showed up like the Amicalites I was talking about. Satan himself said, I'll take this one. Remember how I told you when the blessing was poured out? Boom, comes in the test. Well, guess what? There was a war. A war. All the power and deception we touched on early of Satan. Jesus understood where Satan fell from, the anointing he operated in, the power of manipulation that he operated in, And Satan decided, hey, with this one, I know he's smart. I know he's real anointed. I'll just twist a word at him. That'll get him. I'll twist a word and fire it at him like he's planning to do to me. Well, guess what? Jesus knew the word, and he fired back. That's right. Man will not eat of bread alone, but from every word of God. That's right. Fired right back at him. Destroyed the attack. That's putting your faith into action. Jesus took the word as a weapon, because he is the word. Fired it at the enemy. Fired it again. Fired it again. And Satan departed for a season. Isn't that just wonderful? 
What do you think the Lord's trying to teach us there, Alan? Well, uh, it says in uh, First Peter somewhere, it says, uh, we follow in his footsteps. And Jesus said, follow me. So when we see the Lord Jesus doing things in Scripture, like using the word against Satan, like uh, healing the sick, like casting out devils, like uh, preaching holiness— he wants us to follow him in say, using the word against the devil, speaking the promises of God against our circumstances, against the threats of the devil. So uh, he wants us to speak the word. Amen. Is that putting faith into action? It is putting faith into action. Faith is acting on the promises of God. So if I say, uh, if I uh, see that... Uh, you know, we're supposed to act on First Peter 2.24, which says, by his stripes, we were healed. That's what it says. We were healed. Well, then I say, I praise you and thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. By his stripes, I was healed. Therefore, I'm getting out of bed. And I don't care how much it hurts. I don't care how weak I am. I'm praising you and thanking you for that, uh, for that healing. And that's when the power hits us, when we act on the word. God sees us trusting his word, and that's when the power flows. That's when the blessings come in to make it good in our lives. Amen. Being a doer of the word. Jesus was being a doer of the word. By engaging in what we touched on earlier, two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the middle. Do we want to believe that? Do we want to believe that any two or more touching on one thing, it shall be done by my Father? Do we want to believe it? Does anyone want to believe it? Because if you do it, you're showing the Lord that you're becoming a doer of the word in that situation. And that's a good thing because it's impossible to please God without faith. So if you're operating in faith and believing and doing the actual word, that's a sign that you literally believe it and keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it because the blocker demons will show up. The blocker spirits will be there to discourage. Breakthrough, keep doing it no matter what. Keep doing it now. Do we want to believe it? Do we want to believe that there's power in the Passover lamb? I'm telling you there is. I'm telling you there is power in the body and the blood of Christ. Do it. Do it. Join our group. Do communion with us four times a week. If you just stay for that, that's good enough. Get that. Show the Lord you're serious. I want the power of the lamb in my body. I want the power of the covenant of Christ flowing through my bloodstream. I want the blessing of the lamb of God. Now, do not be afraid what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. You see, the devil is stepping up his attacks. He knows his time is short. And this prison could be a spiritual prison. 
It could be a, a, an affirm. See, the devil's kingdom is sickness. It might be trying to lay something on you. It could be an actual prison. There are many with a satanic libtard system that you see rising right now that are in prison. So this word prism is a spectrum of insanity of the devil's kingdom. You got to fight every facet of it. You got to pray the fire of God in confusion on the IRS and ATF. And now, now they're working together raiding people. I saw in the news this morning. Totalitarianism. Total, that's right. That's the, the Antichrist system. Totalitarianism backed up by the perversion of the wickedness of Satan. Throw you in prison. What kind of prison is he trying to throw you in today? Come against that whole spectrum we just discussed. Loose confusion into the camp of the enemy daily. I'm going to show you in a minute. The breakout formula for prison, okay? Um, there will be persecution for 10 days. We know the book of Revelations is marked in prophetic type and foreshadows in Revelation. That's why it's called Revelation. Be faithful even to the point of death. And I will give you, you life as a victor's crown. Okay, there's another promise here. Stand in faith through it all, the Lord's saying. That's what he's saying. And you will be given the promise of a victor's crown. Let's ask Alan. Alan, do you want a victor's crown? Absolutely. I want a victor's crown. I'm staying in the word. I'm praising God, worshiping God, helping the poor, fighting the wicked, and uh, trusting the promises of God. I want that victor's crown. There's nothing else worth having. Amen. That's right. What kind of prison is the enemy trying to throw on your family? Throw on you. He knows his time is short. Let's just read that. Revelations 12, 12, KJV. Now, this is interesting. Because woe is being demonstrated here. Woe is not good. When the Lord say talking about woe, he's, he's warning you. Woe to you, O earth and sea. Now that's always interested me. This is such a massive attack. It's going on every animal, every being in the land and the sea. This is the type of an attack the enemy is working on right now. Right now, this perversion of Satan and the totalitarian system is so grievous, so evil. It's affecting everything. You see, what, a thousand humpback whales just killing themselves, dying. I saw killer whales flipping out the other day, beaching themselves all in unison. I saw killer whale orcas the other day ripping the engines off people's boats, just swimming up, ripping the engine off. They said, we've never seen this before. 
This is the level of insanity from the Antichrist system that's being poured out. It's so grievous. It's such a pang of terror that is affecting the sea. Woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you with great wrath. I always thought about this, and I'm like, wow, the devil's got wrath? Uh, You know, I know God has wrath for a moment. Thank God for that. Um, For us, if we repent, of course, he's angry for a moment. Uh, But this wrath of the devil is a problem. Because he's so aggravated that his time is running out that he's becoming a lunatic. And it actually says that. Because he knows his time is running out right there. Comma, his time's running out. So he's becoming a maniac. Attacking everything. Attacking every every animal. Now, the devil has some wrath being poured out right now. You're watching it. You're watching the satanic beings mutilate children. You're watching complete insanity. You see, the satanic libtards always have some type of straw man debate. Oh, yeah, they always have this straw man. They take everybody down with straw man debates. They've mastered the art of the straw man. You saw it with that John Kong Kong Beyond, that nappy-haired twit, the spokeswoman for Biden. I mean, the power of a satanic libtard is to shut you down, to stifle you. And they'll straw man you. So... Someone might say, hey, um, the some violence with the, uh, we've noticed uh, the trans children, uh, some angry. Uh, and what is John Cronkong, what, what is its name, Alan? I think it's John, Kareen, Pierre, something like that. Yeah, the one that checked every box except having a brain, that one. She comes she out. she does have a very, she does have a very hard job. She's got to lie for that diaper blowing retard. So that's a, that's a really, really tough job. You got to, I mean, I don't think a person with a 200 IQ could handle lying for that kind of clown show. Right. You saw, you saw that, that journalist asked the question and what did she do? Shut him down with the giant straw man. Well, you just hate trans people. Wow. And he's like, no, I, I didn't say that. What do you mean? And, and now he's shut down. Now he's in fear. So they immediately accuse you. Um, they use these words as a kind of a straw man debate. They're just waiting to, to, to burn the straw man down on you. The, the original straw man uh, tactic came from, I think it came from Saul Alinsky's, quote, Rules for Radicals book, where part of what part of his strategy against, you know, Christians and the right is to hold them to their own standards. So a Satanist will look at Christianity and say, oh, they're supposed to love everyone. Okay. So if you hate trans, if you do say anything against trans people, you hate them. And then you got this, you know, 
this mantle, so-called false mantle of hatred around your neck, and you got to say, no, uh, I love them. I just don't want them to sterilize themselves. And I don't want them to sterilize children. And I don't want them to groom children. And it's a lie that I hate them when you're the wicked one that wants to sterilize them and groom them. You're the wicked one. How dare you lie about me? And it's, it takes a lot to say that to someone straw manning you. Amen. Right. It shuts, it shuts everybody down um, right away. So they'll call you homophobic, xenophobic, transphobic, whatever. And the best way to counter these jagoffs is um, you call them all those names first. So you just say, you homophobic, xenophobic, transphobic, nutbag, uh, I'm saying this to you. And then you say it. Try it. Or you can just use, yeah, that, that works. And also something simpler and faster is you just say whatever they say. Okay, groomer. Okay, well, what, groomer. What, what I do is I take their weapon from them. And then I had one actually say, you're using my words. They, they were completely confused. They didn't know what to do. Yeah, I called them a bigot. I called them everything. So when you take away their weapon, it's kind of like... Uh, Benaniah, one of David's mighty men, he took the javelin away from the goodly Egyptian and uh, used it on him and shut him down, right? That was a, right. a tactic of using the weapon of the enemy. Amen. It's in Scripture. Try it. It works. I've tried it. Shut these people down. Take their weapon, which is their demonic words, and just label them back what they are. Because they technically hate everybody, too. They are rooted in hate. They put on the false appearance of acceptance and love. But deep down in the back rooms, they don't care. You think Biden cares about the children? He doesn't care. You think he cares about the migrants? He doesn't care. You think he cares about the black culture, black people? He does not care. His best friend, Robert Byrd, was a, a grand wizard. Of the Ku Klux Klan. Go open your eyes, man. They're also, just they using it to badge you down and straw man you so you shut up. Also, Democrats love to pretend that they love children and how and how and all about the children. Well, the fact that the southern border is now open means that millions of people are coming over and they come over with children that are not theirs. And these children are being sold for either sex slavery or child sacrifice. And so, and young ladies, you know, young girls between the ages of seven and 14 who come over the southern border, they're being swabbed when they're, when they're uh, being processed. And they're finding, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 sperm samples in one girl that's between the ages of seven and 14. But when the, that's what they're finding in Disgusting. these girls because they're being raped constantly. Disgusting. And, and Demo- Remember, Democrats God's prefer- angels watched, watched us. Yeah, yeah. And Democrats prefer an open border with child sex trafficking and girls being raped dozens and dozens of times. They prefer that 
to a sealed border like we had under Donald Trump, where that wall was being built, it was being maintained, and Mexico was keeping people out for us as a condition of the new trade agreement. So they, they lie. They don't and care about tell children. About this, they go. Wait, would you? Okay, yeah, I'm done. Amen. No, they, they don't care about children. That's what I'm saying. You're right. They don't. They don't. They pretend real good. Amen. It's a facade. Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah, you can choose. Yeah, it's a facade that they care about A, B, C, and X, Y, and Z, but that's the exact opposite to hide all the wickedness. They want to hide the grooming. They want to hide the child sex trafficking. They want to hide the abortion. They want to hide the taxes that destroy families and business and jobs. And continually, amen. You heard me use that word, facade. Yeah. I sound quite intelligent. Richard, you are It's a facade. A facade. goodness. I see your SAT score sky Facade. Now, you heard about Alan. He just talked about that girl they found. with. They all ejaculated on this little girl. These people are sick. I told you earlier with God's angels reporting directly to the Father. That's what Jesus said. You can believe Jesus or don't. That's up to you. But these folks, these people that are attacking the children, perverting the children, there are reporting angels going to the Father direct. That's why Jesus said it'd be better you be dead than to harm the children. Do you understand the terror that is waiting for you in hell? I don't think you get it. I don't think you understand eternity. You wake up, you go to bed, you take a nappy poo, you wake up, you go on being an iniquitous bastard, you want to keep perverting and attacking children. One day, you're not going to wake up in this world. But I guarantee you, you will descend into hell if you don't repent, especially of harming the children. Oh, yeah, even abortion. Guess what? It would have been better off you would have been dead, says Jesus, not me. It's not good. The level of hell that is waiting for these people and anyone that doesn't repent for this particular type sin Alan was talking about is unfathomable. Is that a word, Alan? No. What was I trying to say, you think? Unfathomable. Yeah, that's what I just said, bruh. What are you, the speech police? Uh, whatever. Okay. Woo, 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 woo. Listen. This girl they found, Alan was just talking about, all those folks that are involved with raping that little girl have been marked by the father himself. Do you understand how terrible that is? And the level of insanity that they're going to descend to? I know because I died in 2000. I almost went to hell. That's why I'm a believer. Nobody ministered to me. I almost went down into the pit. That's what shook me up. That was my chick track dying literally. So what I'm trying to say to you is this 
facade these satanic libtards put on to dress up, to shut you down, to stifle you. They come at you with these straw man debates, and people submit to it. You got to take it away from them. You can't back down. Like Alan touched on. Oh, you're supposed to be all loving. (laughs) You know, they use these straw man debates to try to shut you down, to stifle you, to mark you. They're the bigots. They're homophobic. They're the racists. They're the transphobes. They're hiding in it. We're trying Jesus, to at one go ahead. We're trying to preach the gospel to these folks that they have the remedy to get right with God. That's love. Keeping people bound in iniquity and sin. That's as contrary to nature, so says Paul and the epistles. We still believe Paul, not like these Yahwehites running around right now. We're going to be talking about that next week. They're throwing out the whole book of uh, Corinth. Even Hillbilly is attacking Paul now. We got I don't know what's going on with him. But this Yahwehite spirit, these the people that blow the horns and all that, they're all throwing out the teachings of Paul. It's quite dangerous. So understand what they're engaged in is contrary to nature. Nature itself is a testimony against what these people are doing. So yeah, there's a problem. And we're trying to offer the remedy, saying no, God wants you out of this. Jesus Christ has made the way. You have an invitation to the supper. All you got to do is receive Christ as your Savior and Lord and accept the blood covenant of Christ to wash you of the sin. Could you do it right here, right now? Don't you want to live forever? Don't you want eternity being bestowed upon your soul and spirit? That's our message. That's love. You know what's not love? Embracing the sin. Coming at you with all this iniquity and saying, you're the one that hates us. You're the one that's transphobe. You're the one that's racist and xenophobic. No, it's them. They are... And look no further than Biden himself. He doesn't care about children. Like Alan touched on, if he did, he would be down on that board of shutting that stuff down, the raping of the children. He himself molests children. Right on camera, he can't resist it because he was raised in this culture of the satanic sect of Lucifer, of raping children. The pizza gate is all real. This is what they do. The hot dogs and all the stuff you read about in Modesta's email. (laughs) That's what they were talking about, what they're doing to children. Sick. So they don't care. And they will burn down you 
unless you know how to fight them with their weapon. Push it back on them. No, you're the one. You're the one. You're the one that wants them to die in sin. With you. That's the ultimate hatred. That is hatred. Blocking the gospel. So, is even Allen with us? Jesus told us to fight the wicked in uh, in the Old Testament, in, in the book of Job. Job fought the wicked, and Jesus himself made a scourge of cords and drove the money changers with physical force out of his father's house. So, yes, we're supposed to love the lost, but yes, also, we're supposed to fight the wicked when it comes down to it. So, isn't it isn't it love if you want to offer somebody a remedy? Yes, it is. I mean, the ultimate the remedy. Rem- yeah, the ultimate remedy to sin is the gospel. We, we they receive Christ as Lord and Savior. We cast the devils out of them. We get the wounds in their hearts healed, and we build them up in the Word, uh, obeying the Word and meditating on the Word and acting on the Word. It makes them strong as they praise God and love God and follow God and get their wounds healed and their demons cast out. That's ultimate love. Amen. We love you. The Lord loves you. We're not bigots. We're not racist. We're not transphobics, whatever. We just want the remedy bestowed on you because it was bestowed on us. And we understand God's grace. But there's a real warning on these child rapers. God's angels report for the children. Jesus gave the issue of the warning. Alan touched on earlier about you can't just say you don't know. There's so many Bibles around lately. I mean, Gideon's Bible. There's Bibles everywhere. The Word of God is available. It's not like a thousand years ago or 1,500 years ago or 1,800 years ago where they had just carried 15-foot scrolls around. Everybody's got a phone. They can read the Bible right there. So guess what? Too much is given is what, Alan? Much is required. There you go. Now, I touched on earlier about a remedy also of breaking out of the spiritual and physical and uh, infirmity prisons. You know, many years ago, back in uh, 2000, I made a website called you're going to hell.com, laststophell.com. And back then, I was going, my uh, pastor preached a message. Um, and it, it really affected me. Uh, it was called at midnight, and he went over all the scriptures about midnight. How midnight is the changing of the guard. The demonic realm is getting issued orders for movement. The witches and warlocks are beginning to ramp up their intercession to the demons. The assignments are being issued, and the veil between the spirit and the natural is thinning at midnight. That's why this ramp up of incubi, succubi attacks from 12 to 3 a.m. There is a, the veil is thinned. 
So that's a good time to penetrate into the spirit realm. The enemy is right there. The attacks can be more beneficial. And I, I remember that word, and I posted it on my website. I had a lot of people on that website. And I started to get messages from folks that actually believed me. I just took a message that I heard, and I posted about it from my pastor, uh, Apostle Randy Brown, from Bread of Life in Wine Dance, New York. And I actually went back and told him about the people that messaged me. When they believed me and started doing this, I was getting messages. Uh, they started praying warfare at midnight and praising God at midnight. They fought their flesh and they got up and they did it. I had one guy told me that his all his clocks stopped at midnight. And he wrote me and he said, that was God confirming what you what you told us, and I was like, "Wow." He says, "All the, the clocks stopped at midnight. The hand stopped when he started this." That's right. Supernatural power flowing at the enemy. Praising God at midnight when this fail is thinning, when the enemy is getting their assignments, stunts them in the beginning stage. You want to get them in the beginning stage or latter stage? That's what I'm asking you. If you take an enemy out in the beginning stage, they're easier to take out. Breakthrough at midnight. Breakthrough. Book of Acts 16.25. You knew I was going there. Midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing. See, a lot of people just say they were praising God at midnight. But when you look at it, it says they were praying and singing to God. You see, they were able to break out. Angelic power was loosed into their situation, and they were able to break free. By praying and singing at midnight. What's this about this midnight? In the region that you're in, in the region that you're in, the witches in that region understand the veil. The witches in that region understand the incense burning and candle burning and assignment between between 12 and 3 a.m. They understand that thinning of the veil. Do you want to penetrate the enemy in their beginning stage? The devil had Paul locked up. The devil didn't want him going forward. We touched on it earlier. We'll cast some of you in prison. Could be a spiritual prison. Could be a physical prison. Firmity attack. 
big spectrum, right? The devil has many attack tentacles. How do you want to attack this? Attack the way they did. And and Paul is simply obeying the word of God. Many of you don't know that. Many of you hear this and you're like, yeah, Paul's praising at midnight. They opened up. They got free. You hear something like that, right? Well, a little deeper than that. It is a little... Alan, are you still on? I'm still here. Oh, I just heard a noise. Um, It's a little deeper than that. Paul was putting faith into action. Remember, we talk, we me and Alan spoke about that earlier. Doer of the word. And you're like, what are you talking about, Rich? Well, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. You see, Paul knew the word of God. He knew it. He studied it. So Paul prayed at midnight, just not because he was praying at midnight. You understand? It wasn't just, hey, let's pray at midnight. Let's praise God at midnight. No, no, no. This was Paul becoming a doer of the word. Literally. He literally knew the word and became a doer of the word. And because he became a doer of the word, he got the breakthrough. He got the breakout. Let's see. Let's see what Paul probably knew and studied and probably did. He did the word. That's what we've been talking about here today. Believing the word, doing the word, speaking and declaring the word, thanking God for the breakthrough and the outcome of the good report because of the word. Write that down. You shall declare a thing and it shall be established in the name of Jesus if it's according to God's will. That's what the word says. That's right. You should declare and decree a thing. It shall be established if the prayer is according to God's will. Understand God's will is healing, deliverance, salvation, breakthrough, his children being blessed and going forward in authority. That's his will. What did Paul know about the word of God? Gee. Let's look and see. I'm digging along here. Myself, I have to dig in the word myself. Uh Oh gee, I found it. Wow. Paul was reading Psalms 119 verse 62. And he remembered it. And he said, "Wow. Let me become a doer of what Psalms 119 verse 62 says." At midnight I will rise and praise you. 
Is that quite interesting to you, Alan? Yes, it is very interesting to me because praise is strength. And uh, when we praise God, it, uh, it activates all kinds of blessings in our lives and frees us in all kinds of ways. What so about the midnight, like Alan? Do you think that Paul just said, hey, it's a good time? Or did he probably know the word? He knew the word. So are you saying he became a doer of the word? He became, Paul became a doer of the word. Amen. Okay, so by becoming a doer of the word and believing the word and doing it, what happened? He got blessed big, and he got, uh, when he was with Silas in that prison, uh, the whole place started shaking, and everyone's bonds were bursted, and they all went free. That's right. Come on, man. Don't make me Biden you with that. Come on, man. It's right there. It's right there, man. Come on. Rise, it says. Go back to go back to uh, Acts 16, verse 25. Midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing to God. Come on. This was Paul being a doer of the word. Reading the word, anticipating the breakthrough of becoming a doer of the word, doing it, and praising God for the breakthrough. You see... They prayed and was singing praises. Oh, yeah. That means you're praying, Lord, I thank you right here, right now. The angels of God be loosed into my situation. Break these chains. Send out your fire. Bless us, oh God, with your presence and power and victory. Shake them up, oh God. And Lord, here we go. We thank you, Lord. We praise you for the breakthrough. Hallelujah. We thank you for the breakthrough, Lord. That's what they're doing. They didn't see themselves in the prison anymore. They believed the word. They prayed for the breakthrough and the shaking. And then they thanked and praised God for it. Jonah in the belly of the well was giving the Lord Thanksgiving, praises of Thanksgiving, right? Right. Praises of Thanksgiving in the situation, in the situation. Think about that. Think about, now, this is kind of a formula, people. We got to anticipate the breakthrough, visualize the breakthrough. I saw a preacher recently do a whole study on believing, believing the word. He did a whole study on it, and he said, believing is not just believing. You also need to visualize. You are believing it by visualizing and anticipating the breakthrough, and that's the formula of the belief begin to see four eight right philippians four eight says to uh whatsoever things are lovely true praiseworthy think about these things that tells me to visualize just like you're saying visualize the breakthrough amen 
Not just pray it, folks. We're going to do a whole message on this because that pastor inspired me. We should be inspiring one another. Maybe there's something I said to you today or Alan has said to you that's inspiring. And then you're going to grow off of it and expound it. Because we don't know any everything. I know some preachers, they think they know everything. They think they have every revelation, every rhema, everything figured out. And that's not a good position the, to be in. And those are the guys that don't grow for 20 years. They stay right where they are because they already know everything and you can't teach them anything. The so epitome I'm- of pride. You're going down. You should approach the Lord and say, Lord, please, here's my cup. Fill it today. Fill it up, Lord. I don't know everything. I need wisdom. Me and Maria prayed. We prayed, anointing ourselves with oil here the other night for wisdom. With God, we need wisdom, please. Where to go, how to go, when to go, what to eat, what to take, what to do. We don't know, but you know because you're our father. And then I had two owls, two, the next morning, come right up to me. I've never had two owls. I always, I always thought owls represent wisdom, to be wise. I had two, literally, show up. Like I'm getting a double portion of wisdom. I just started praising God for it. Lord, thank you for the impartation of wisdom. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> I got it. I got it. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to walk in it. I prayed. I asked. I received. I even got. God said, hey, give him a sign. That's right. God threw me a bone. I think it's awesome. And two owls come right up to me like that. How many of you, have you ever had two owls come right up to you? Not yet. I never have. Maybe it's normal. I don't know. But it was the day after we were up praying for wisdom. God confirms things with birds with me. I told you earlier. Now, I don't know everything. I don't have everything figured out. I need to glean from Alan and other folks. Alan gets stuff all the time. I steal it from him. I get stuff. I get stuff from Alan. I get stuff. I'm constantly trying to get stuff. Spiritual acorns. That's how I survive. I'm like a little squirrel. Running around getting nuts? Cool. Yeah, if I see Alan with a spiritual acorn, I steal it from him. And I and stole I, plenty from Richard. Praise yeah, God. Nothing wrong with it. We're just sharing. But we want to encourage somebody somewhere out there right here today, tonight, wherever you are. Take something we've given you because I've got it from somewhere else. Some things I get direct from God. Some things I've got from preachers and pastors over the years. Holy Spirit ministers. And we want that to be a building block to you. 
That at midnight thing is a great revelation. I had that confirmed 24 years ago. I had people writing me in. I wish I still had that email account. I would show you. Um, what I'm trying to say is Paul was literally reading Psalms, saw he was in a situation where he needed a breakthrough, and took faith and put it into action, literally becoming a doer of the word. Because the word said it, he saw it was said by David, King David, mighty man of God, I think we could agree, and say, hey, if it was good enough for him, let's do it. Is it a good enough thing for Alan to do? Would Alan, would Alan believe King David? Would Alan believe the Apostle Paul? Would you, Alan? Yes, because they were two of the greatest saints that ever lived, and um, they know more than I do and went farther with God. Even though David is Old Testament, he's he still went farther with his covenant than I've gone with this new covenant. So, yes, I would. Amen. Well, Old Testament means nothing because the Apostle Paul was gleaming for that for his situation. He took a psalm and did it. You should also be Old Testament if that's being Old Testament. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I tried to say. Amen. So you take a psalm and you do it. At midnight, Exodus 12, 29, the Lord struck down the firstborn of Egypt. There is spiritual functioning going on at midnight that we have to be aware of, guys. And ask yourself, do you want to take down the enemy in stage one or stage four later on? You see, when an enemy gets established, when the Viet Cong got established in Vietnam and uh, when the French were there, they begin to entrench themselves in underground facilities. They made the spider holes everywhere. They would just pop up. They were already dug in. They were in the latter stage of their defense system and their attack system made it very difficult to fight. But if we would have gotten earlier with the napalm, earlier with the B-52 bombings, before they could dig in and entrench themselves and establish the underground network of the Ho Chi Minh Trail and everything else, they would have been blown out a lot faster. But they established and got rooted Let's start attacking where we know the veil is just thinning at midnight. When the witches and warlocks are gathering and just lighting up their their incense, just lighting up their black candles, just beginning to invoke the 72 Croatia, engaging in sorcery and black magic. Attack them then. Let their altars and mantles burn them. Let it backfire. With that being said, I feel like I'm out of stuff to say.
Alan, can you do a complete summarization of this? I don't know. Uh, let's let's do Bible verses, including uh, waking up at the midnight hour so that we can praise God and thank God for doing his promises in our lives. Thus, we disrupt the works of darkness uh, just as they're gathering to do them. And we get unexpected, stupendous divine victories, such as Paul and Silas uh, praising and thanking God at midnight and them being busted out of jail because God was so very pleased with what they did, disrupting the words of dark, the works of darkness with their praises and thanks. And may we give praise and thanks all throughout the day and uh, have joyfulness and gladness of heart in this beautiful, glorious, wonderful new covenant we live in. Hallelujah. Amen. That was a pretty good summarization of it. Thank you. Becoming a doer of the word, people. Let's do it. Get in our Telegram group. Do communion with us. If you don't want to pray, that's fine. We have listening group parties on Monday and Tuesday. What's that? We assemble and we listen to some anointed teachings and we commiserate. We uh, feed back. To, we, what, do we, what do we learn? We want to learn. We want to grow, don't we? Does anyone? Yes. Join our Telegram group in the link in the description. Uh, once you've done that, you get our schedule for the conference call. We've got some new people joining this week, and uh, it's growing. We're going to keep on praying. There's power in agreement. That is being a doer of the word. If you believe it, two or more touching and agreeing on a thing shall. You want that shall be done. There's power in the threefold chords. Two are better than one. With that being said, Brother Allen... Thank you for joining me here today for the great broadcast. Thank you for having me, Richard. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And remember, fight the frogs. And also, if you can share the broadcast, it would be great because we've been hyper-banned everywhere. Uh, It's not a joke. They literally did it to us. I wonder why. Probably because we tell it the way it is. We tell it the way it is. And we don't care. That's right. We warned everybody originally about the vax. And we didn't care. We got medical violations. A bunch of them. A bunch of them. Did we care? No. We got banned. So what? At least we warned. It's better to warn than not to warn. I'm not becoming no biatch of a monetized system where, oh, I lost my monetization. Who cares? You're going to get money? You want to get your speech tailored to to the Antichrist system because they're giving you some money? Come on, man. Wake up. We don't want, do you, Alan, do you want to be a a biatch for the, uh, Antichrist system? I do not. I want to preach the true word of God and build people up and help the poor fight the wicked, worship God, trust God, um, and uh, get my crown at the end. Amen. Amen. Watch your radio saying farewell. We'll be back next week. God bless y'all. God bless you all. God bless you all.